And I got home and I knew what I wanted that kitchen sign to say. And now it says, yo dick, be so tiny though. Like how, how are you ever going to even talk to me, come at me, be rude to me in any facet when you have a goddamn micro penis? Check so tiny yourself. Though. Welcome back to the Not Literary Podcast, the Rebound Edition. I'm Oriane DeRutter. I am your host. This season, I'm reading you stories from my first book, Rebound. Rebound is thinly disguised as a sex and dating memoir, but is actually kind of a parable about alcoholism, really. Why do we all drink so much these days? It's like the littlest thing can happen. And it's like, I'm drinking about it. Uh, In this case, I got dumped, like horribly, horribly dumped, cheated on and abandoned, poor baby. And I decided to not only drink about it, but to really dive into my downward spiral and kind of enjoy it. Um, I did a lot of casual dating, a lot of internet dating, a lot of debauched things. And as a form of catharsis, I wrote it all down. So this season, we're going to get into those stories. Uh, The first chapter, which I'll be reading to you today, is a story called Dick Drip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dick Drip. Two words I hope you never have to use in a sentence, unless, of course, you're talking about this story, which I encourage you to do. Uh, Afterwards, my friend Shauna is going to join us and tell us some dating stories of her own and we'll just get into it and have an after party have a couple of drinks like we usually do Uh, before we get started today i do want to issue an apology to any of you who listened to last week's episode i was obviously super drunk uh and i like getting drunk that's on brand for me but the deal here is that uh, well I have a weakness, and that weakness is Sauvignon Blanc, and I had a beautiful bottle in my freezer, just kind of staring at me a few hours before I recorded the podcast last week, and I thought, I'll have one glass, and you know how it goes. Um, I drank the whole bottle, and then I had to record, and I had more drinks with my guests, as I usually do at the after party for the show, and I was just rendered totally useless. I mean, I was so awful. If you could even hear, I know you heard what I kept in the podcast, but if you had to hear what I edited out, like poor Brent and Trey from the How Do We Get Here, How Do We Even Get Here, excuse me, podcast. Like, I can't believe they're still my friends. They're so forgiving. So anyway, I'm sorry for that. Thanks for struggling through that hot mess of an episode. It will not happen again. I mean, I'll definitely drink at the after parties, but showing up drunk and then just getting worse through the entire episode, like that's not on brand. That's not going to work for me ever again. So new house rules, no Sauvignon Blanc in the freezer on podcast days. All right. Okay. Let's get into it. Let's start this story. This is chapter one from my book, Rebound. This is Dick Drip. Yeesh. Chapter 1. Dick Drip. 
A pretty blonde in her 20s comes home from working a graveyard shift. The sun is rising and it's a lovely morning. Birds chirp. Wind rustles through the almost two green leaves of the surrounding suburban trees. The girl looks exhausted, her minimal makeup smudged, her hair in a messy ponytail. Her engagement ring sparkles in the sunshine as she reaches for the doorknob. doorknob. But something is awry. There is blood on the doorknob. She drops her keys when she notices the door is ajar. We hear a crash. Maybe a lamp was knocked over. Maybe there's an intruder. Slowly, she pushes the door open. It creaks, creepily, of course. We are treated to a moment of calm. The air is still. There is silence. That is, until her once handsome and presumably kind fiance, now a flesh-eating zombie covered in terrible oozing wounds, bounds at her in fast forward. He is moving at an inhuman speed. He used to be her rock, the one, her life partner. Now, he just wants to rip apart her flesh and eat her brain. Maybe a few other organs, too. Her liver, her spleen, definitely her heart. <sighs> Fucking typical, I mumble, curled in a fetal position on my couch, covered in several stinking fleece blankets. I look over at my wide-eyed chihuahua, cuddled in a stinking fleece throw of his own a few feet away. Sinatra, I call him to me. My voice is scratchy and hoarse. He notices my call. He stands as if to come to his owner, an obedient dog. He stretches and shoots me a thankless glare. He then turns in a circle and lays back down to sleep. Fuck you, I say. I feel bad and reach over to pet him. The floor of my living room is littered with empty Cappuccino Delight, Slim Fast cans, and remnants of a broken wine glass. Other trash, bar receipts mostly, blows across the floor like tumbleweed. I have been chain smoking for days. My window is open despite the cold outside. My stomach growls and I welcome it. I look down at my concave midsection, exposed in the pussycat doll's inspired outfit I'm wearing. I can't bring myself to eat solids and I've decided to just embrace the pain. If I'm going to get dumped, at least I'm going to get skinny. It has been a full week since Alex stopped showing up on my doorstep at all hours and demanding that we hang out. I miss drinking red wine with him and making out. I miss passing our cell phones back and forth, sharing our favorite songs. I miss his dance moves and his awesome hair. But it's been seven entire days. An entire week and no Alex. I had lost five pounds and started dressing as a total slut, just in case he stops by. And why wouldn't he? I mean, it's only been seven days, right? That's only a week. Any minute now, he will knock on my door. He will apologize for everything profusely. He will promise never to see that cheap Sears catalog version of me ever again. What was her name again? Oh, yeah. Slutty bitch. We would argue a little, but eventually... I would succumb to Alex's charm because I love him and I'm willing to forgive. In fact, if this major hiccup results in 10 or more pounds of weight loss, I'll even pretend to forget. The screaming from the zombie flick fills the room. I fade in and out of consciousness. I'm too exhausted to endure the romantic bloodshed. I sleep for hours, then off and on for days. I dream of Alex. <clears throat> While I'm asleep, things are good. I wake up, only to put on another zombie or holocaust movie and try to ignore the fact that I am alone. The movies help a little. 
As I watch images of Nazis and other monsters glow on the screen before me, I remind myself that, sure, Alex cheated. But at least he didn't murder millions of Jews or try to eat my brain. Things weren't so bad, right? While I can't recommend any instant cure for a broken heart, I can tell you what hasn't worked for me. Number one, drinking. I'm a drinker even when my heart hasn't been crushed, so actual heartache lends itself to drinking extra super duper heavily. I could pretend that I worry about liver damage, but the real problem I see with getting dead drunk every night is more social. You see, drunks are often repetitive as F. Chances are your friends are already tired of hearing about your breakup, and if you keep drunkenly calling them to tell them about it again and again, you won't even have friends anymore. Also, drinking leads to drunk dialing, and drunk dialing in a time of crisis will ruin your life all over again. I woke up after a good drunk dial slash text session and felt proud of myself and ready to take on the day, said no woman ever. Number two, casual sex. Although not as bad as making all your friends dislike you, having sex too soon is a bizarre twilight zone experiment in torture. Your judgment is skewed. Most likely, you will end up with either a troll, an ex, or a close friend you wouldn't fuck in a million years, uh, until tonight. Sleeping with ugly people shines a light on how hot your ex was. God, he was so hot. Sleeping with an ex leads to thinking about two breakups instead of just the recent one. And the absolute worst by far, sleeping with a friend, ruins the friendship and makes the friend seem gross and opportunistic forevermore. Number three, making contact. Speaking of exes, messaging your ex on any and all types of social media is forbidden. If you're old, calling is also prohibited. If you're somewhere in between old and young, don't text him either. Actually, all internet contact should be shut off, like from everyone. You're tragic right now. Why broadcast that to your family, friends, and followers? Avoiding the internet entirely is hard though, and you may need to use this little trick. Get wasted. Seriously. Get drop down drunk and, this is the important part, change all of your passwords. You won't remember doing it, and hopefully each time you try to vent your melancholy musings online, you'll either be too hammered, too sober, or just too forgetful to figure out how to log on. You're a drunken genius, really. Or an idiot. Whatever works. Oh, and I think this means I take back the whole watch your booze intake thing, but only in this very special circumstance. Number four, dating. You're seriously thinking of going on a date? <laughs> For real? Your standards are at an all-time low, and so is your blood sugar since you haven't eaten in a week. Dating on an empty stomach whilst balancing the weight of a heavy heart is plum stupid. Add to the mix the unpredictability of modern, most likely internet, dating, and you're surely doomed. I can promise you none of this works because I tried it. All of it. I drunk cried. In public. A lot. I got drunk enough to lose my purse, house keys, and cell phone, making it painfully impossible to call my ex. I slept with another ex to clear my mind, only to wake up feeling low. I messaged Alex on Facebook. My letter was misspelled, misguided, and misdirected. Literally misdirected. I sent it twice to people that were not Alex. They still make fun of me. One particularly desperate morning, I woke up drunk and signed myself up for online dating. 
I chose a free site called Plenty of Fish. Had my wits been about me, I never would have chosen a site I could easily make a vagina joke about. But my wits were in the garbage, right next to another batch of empty Cappuccino Delight Slim Fast cans. So, here it is. My cautionary tale. May you find solace in my post-breakup world. A world you've undoubtedly navigated through yourself. This is a place where up is down and down is never far down enough. A place where a woman can get lost. And if she's lucky, a place where she can find herself. Join me in the absurdity of it all. Because if we aren't busy drinking and ugly crying, the best thing to do is laugh. It had been three sloppy weeks since Alex's departure when I decided to bite the internet dating bullet. I had lost an unhealthy 10 pounds and watched every George Romero movie, originals and remakes that existed. I binged on Holocaust flicks too and knew more about World War II than I was comfortable with. My apartment was in a disgusting state of disarray, mirroring my heart and mind, still reeling. In other words, now was the perfect time to go on a first date. Besides, my parents have been begging me to internet date for years. I searched the women's want ads desperately for Mr. Right Now, and I found him. His name was Jerry, and he seemed like a nice, normal guy. Jerry's profile was short and to the point. He listed his day job as an insulation specialist, and, true to national form, he also moonlighted as a musician. He was an average-looking white guy standing six feet tall with sandy brown hair, glasses, and a goofy grin. His brief self-description had a silly charm to it, as if he didn't take himself too seriously. He had a college degree and even mentioned that he liked zombie movies. Rad. If he looked like the best of his three profile pictures, I would sleep with him. If he looked more like the worst, well, I'd probably still sleep with him. Our first email exchanges were littered with likes and dislikes, references to similar tastes in foods and film, and general normal person chit-chat. I hid my breakup and subsequent neuroses and tried not to bring up the Holocaust. I assume Jerry was hiding a few somethings, don't we all when it comes to first date flirtation, but overall he came across as a nice, unpretentious man. We agreed to meet near my apartment and have drinks at a neighboring bar on a Tuesday night. Nothing too committal. I accessorized with an unnatural push-up bra and false eyelashes for the occasion, undoubtedly influenced by my fleeting lover's recent taste in whores. Upon first meeting, Jerry was a gentleman. He was also kind of a dork. He arrived at my apartment with a gift in his hands, a mix CD, with the words Jerry's crap scribbled on it in red permanent marker. He had drawn a small heart on it as well. Mama told me never to show up to a first date empty-handed, he said, using a mock southern accent as he handed the CD to me. Oh, how lovely. Let me just put this in water, I joked, and put the CD in my purse. As we stepped out onto the bustling midtown pavement, my resolve to sleep with Jerry faded. His goofy smile was exactly the one in his most attractive profile picture, but the rest of him looked more like his least attractive shot. His hair was thinning desperately at the top, and his wiry frame left him looking somewhat malnourished. His glasses were more Coke bottle than GQ, and his brown plaid shirt looked like a wrinkled paper bag. Was I really going to go through with this? Was this the cure to unbreak my heart? Isn't that a Tony Braxton song? Whatever, I needed to drink about it. There were a handful of midtown bars surrounding my apartment, and Jerry wanted to go to Losers, a pretty standard pickup bar. 
I didn't like losers, but I also didn't really care. If there was alcohol, I was in. Jerry opened the wooden saloon-style doors and escorted me inside. The lighting was mostly blue, the bar buzzing with Bud Light neon signs and chatter from the crowd. Students from Vanderbilt University chugged shots, bartender girls sipped vodka sodas on their night off, and skinny musician types lingered around the edges of the room, PBRs in hand. The bar was decorated with country music memorabilia and promotional banners promoting Tennessee moonshine. Our waitress was a chubby brunette with a pretty smile and huge breasts that heaved from her ill-fitting loser's tank top. I ordered a round of beers and two shots of tequila, and Jerry started with a rapid-fire interrogation. So, Orianne, tell me everything. What kind of music do you like? You're a bartender. I bet you meet a ton of people. Why are you internet dating? What's your shoe size? You're really tall. What nationality are you? Your name is super crazy. I tried to keep up with Jerry's dizzying pace, but also interspersed my answers with several more shots of tequila. Dizzying indeed. I like all kinds of music, really, although I can't say that I like House of Pain. In the song Baby Got Back, I hate that song. Why do girls always lose their minds to that song? Salt, lime, shot. I work downtown at a beer bar, and yes, I do meet a lot of people. Sadly, most of them are either tourists or drunks or both. Shot, lime. I'm five foot ten, which is not so insanely tall, but my feet are huge. Why? You don't have a foot fetish, do you? Shot. I'm Arabian, like Princess Jasmine. My name translates to, can I have a shot, please, in Spanish. I was officially drunk now. Shot. Well, you look like Katy Perry. Is she Arabian, too? Jerry asked, innocently. Poor guy. I don't think I asked a single question about him, and any time he would try to pry a shot away from my drunken hands, I would refuse. I was shit-faced already and uncaring. Just another Tuesday night. Jerry, attempting to keep up, began ordering his own shots. That's when things started getting weird. So, Arabian Orion, do you want kids? Now felt like a good time for a drunken diatribe. Instead of telling Jerry that I was undecided on children, I unleashed a long stream of slurred words that amounted to an unreasonable stance on having kids. You know, Jerry, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. I was thinking about kids, and it's like this. The sun. I noticed a couple sitting at the bar, fondly gazing into one another's eyes. Ugh, gross. Anyway, the sun. It's all fucked up. Like, it's only getting hotter. And I'm white, Jerry. Like, Caucasian. I emphasized. I'm not Arabian, Orian. I can't be rubbing sunscreen on a white-ass baby all goddamn day, you know? Uh-huh, Jerry nodded. He was getting drunk, too. So if I'm having kids, they're going to have to be black. Or at least Mexican. Alex popped into my mind. We would have had beautiful children, I said under my breath. So you want to have black kids? Jerry piped in. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Wait. I slugged down some more tequila, washing Alex from my mind, and smiled. I mean, look, you're an extremely white guy. Don't you worry that your offspring will sizzle up in the sun like bacon? I said, slurring the word sizzle. For some reason, Jerry kept talking to me. Well, I would think you would want to have kids because you have such good genes. I mean, you're tall and seem healthy. It would be a shame if you didn't reproduce. Jerry, complimenting me in his gentle way, 
droned on some more about genetics and reproduction. You would think I have good genes. Jerry slugged down his remaining tequila shot and continued, by looking at me anyways. I kept my mouth shut. If you don't have anything nice to say. Well, looks can be deceiving. Jerry tossed his arms up, raising his voice. His movements were childlike and erratic and sent our waitress in the opposite direction. I didn't like that. Because this smile, he smiled to show me, pointing at his teeth, looks just fine. But back here, Jerry then opened his mouth as wide as he could, almost as if he, as if he were going to unhinge his jaw and hissed out, it's full of holes. Jerry pointed at his holy back teeth, still making childlike movements. Why on earth anyone would yell that their teeth are full of holes is beyond me. Even more beyond me is the idea that a man who is supposedly looking for a goodnight kiss would announce that his mouth is essentially rotten. Waitress, I called. Where the hell was she? I wanted another shot to instantly erase the admission of Jerry's holy molars from my mind. I decided, I decided to change the subject while I waited. So, Jerry, do you like to cook? This was safe and totally non-genetic. No one could mess up a cooking question, could they? Oh yeah, cooking's cool. Jerry leaned over the table and crept closer, as if he were telling me a secret. He gestured for me to lean in. Unless it's in a Teflon pan, he whispered. At that, he looked back and forth, side to side, as if he were some kind of spy, checking to make sure his Teflon secrets wouldn't be leaked. Why no Teflon? It's non-stick, you know. I think there's a little Teflon on all the pans now, isn't there? Mine was a valid point. Oh, does it cause cancer or something? I rolled my eyes and gestured to my Marlboro light, smoking in the nearby ashtray. No, no, it's not the cancer, Jerry was still whispering. Although maybe, I haven't looked into that. He had now leaned back a little and assumed a less intense stance. But then he threw his arms up, raising his voice significantly. I hate Teflon because of the fumes. They make my dick drip. My jaw dropped. Jerry's eyes bulged. The approaching waitress was once again sent in the other direction, doing an about face when she heard Jerry's words. The neighboring patrons grew quiet at Jerry's admission. It seemed his secret had, uh, leaked? It's time to go now, Jerry. I stood and walked to the bar to pay our tab. Outside the bar, I was at ease with my wastedness. I walked well, efficiently making my way back to my second-story sanctuary, where I could watch Valkyrie in peace. I attributed this to my occupation as a bartender. I had one hell of a tolerance from years of doing shots throughout my shifts. Jerry, on the other hand, was a goddamn train wreck. I had to slow my pace as he slurred and stumbled along the pavement. I was faced with the sad reality that I couldn't let him drive home. I had gotten him this drunk, and now I had to let him come upstairs. Not for sex. No way. Not with a dripping dick and God knows what else. But for a little adult daycare. Working in bars is a lot like working with children. My experience as a bartender has taught me to anticipate a stumble and keep people full of food so they don't start crying. Fights happen, but they're usually just two drunks testing one another's limits. And who can really understand the ramblings of an alcoholic? It's pure nonsense. So, dealing with nonsensical, stumbling Jerry was well within my wheelhouse. I'm going to make you some pasta now. Then you will eat it and go home. 
I was clear and spoke as deliberately as any babysitter, talking to an ill-behaving five-year-old. No funny stuff and definitely no hanky-panky. Don't touch my dog either. I mean it. I was clear and firm. Sinatra sat, still eyeballing me from the sofa. He wanted nothing to do with either of us. He rested his head on his paws and let out a deep sigh. I sat Jerry in the living room and drunkenly traipsed to the kitchen. In one pan, I fried up peppers, onion, and tomato. I boiled pasta. Jerry clearly needed carbs. As I chefed away, a commotion erupted in the living room. Perhaps a lamp was knocked over. Maybe there was an intruder. Jerry appeared in the kitchen before I could investigate. I threw up, he slurred, but I'm not as drunk now. In the bathroom? Did you at least make it to the toilet? I asked. No, Jerry looked down, ashamed. Great, I said, shaking my head. I looked at the poor man, vomit still in the corners of his mouth. I can't be good for those teeth, I thought. I observed Jerry, slumped slightly against the kitchen wall. I considered giving him a toothbrush, but my unusually kind thoughts were interrupted with urgency. I was cooking with not one, but two Teflon-coated pans. Holy shit! It was bad enough the guy had already puked, but dick drip? Double dick drip? Oh, hell no! That's it! I yelled, tossing my hands up. I couldn't be expected to cook for someone, clean up their puke, and worry about their penis problems, bartender or not. I pushed Jerry out of the kitchen toward the front door, ignoring his mumbles. I unlatched the chain lock and released him from my grip. Good night, Jerry, I said as I pushed him harder into the hallway. If you need to catch a cab, there will be a few outside. Jerry leaned in for a goodnight kiss as I slammed the door in his face. I took off my platforms, but left my outfit and makeup intact. I laid on my sofa in pussycat drag, waiting for something to happen. This was obviously the night Alex would come back to me. An hour later, I was a sleepy, tear-stained wreck as Night of the Living Dead played softly in the background. The next morning's quiet was rudely interrupted by my chirping cell phone. I rubbed my eyes. What time was it? Hello? I was groggy, but Jerry's voice was alert and chipper. Hiya, Arabian Orion. Did you get a chance to listen to that CD I made ya? It was barely past 8 a.m. How is he so spry? No, Jerry, I'm asleep. I hung up. I tossed my phone into a nearby laundry pile and rolled back over to sleep. But then I thought, what could possibly be on that CD? Originally, I was expecting Jerry's mix to be average, like Jerry. A little top 40, some dancey white girl jams, maybe some Katy Perry. And then, because we were in Nashville, some indie tunes of Jerry's own. Jerry was a musician, after all. Throw in a little Kings of Leon and a cover or two, and that should have been it. But after last night, I was curious. Would Jerry's crap be as disastrous as our date? I stood, the hungover star of my own zombie movie at that hour, and put on the CD. A deep warbling sound came from my stereo. It sounded as if someone was playing an oboe under the sea. A few seconds in, and I realized I was not hearing an underwater oboe, but Jerry's voice heavily distorted. With Jerry's voice in the background still warbling, I waited to see where the strange music would go next. Turns out it went on to be a cover of, are you ready for this? Meatloaf. Yeah, Jerry was singing a meatloaf song. I would do anything for love if you must know. And no, Jerry, 
I won't do that. I flipped through the disc, listening briefly to Jerry's terrible versions of random love songs. This man had actually covered Minnie Riperton, followed by a few other meatloaf classics. I was baffled. I slumped onto my sofa and listened. His voice reverberated across the ocean floor and throughout my apartment. Rock and rolling, bro. They don't mean a thing when I compare them next to you, he sang. Man, Jerry was really fucking weird. As the music played, I wondered if Jerry had been joking the entire time. Perhaps he was pulling my leg with his allergies, taking the piss with those holy teeth, or just joshing about the dripping dick. This CD had to be a joke, right? Maybe Jerry's sense of humor was just more developed than my own? Could the whole thing have been one giant prank? Was I on Impractical Jokers? I turned off the terrible disc and exchanged it for the soothing sounds of more zombies eating brains. I curled back into fetal position on the sofa, defeated and confused. I missed sleeping on my bed, tangled in a bramble of mine and Alex's limbs. But my bed was empty. A particularly graphic, flesh-eating scene splashed across my television set. Tendons were ripped from throats, and I watched as one zombie ripped the heart from a young girl using only his bare hands. Now, more than ever, I missed Alex. Okay, there you have it. That was the first chapter from Rebound. If you're enticed and you haven't read the book yet and you want to get you a copy, you can go to my website. That's orientrunner.com. That's in the show notes. If you don't know how to spell it, I don't expect you to. And you can get yourself a copy. Okay, now it's time for the after party. Let's get Shauna. Okay, we're here. We have Shauna on the line. Hi, Shauna. Hello there. Welcome to the show. Uh, you read the story. I did. So you know all about poor Jerry and his drippy dick. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's so <laughs> off-putting. I mean, like, what? Like, what's wrong with Jerry's dick? You know, um, sounds like an STD to me, uh, and it's strange that he associated it with Teflon pans and not, like, unsafe sex, maybe. Uh, are you drinking anything? Is he pan-frying his dick? Like, what's going, how is it affecting, how does the Teflon affect his dick? I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, right, because I've never heard of that before, and I've never heard of it since. Nope. I haven't asked anyone. <laughs> Can you imagine being like, hey, to like just a guy, you know, like, I don't have a lot of guy friends, so I was just wondering if I could ask you a question. <laughs> Does Teflon make your dick drip? What is your reaction, specifically your dick's reaction to Teflon? <laughs> right, like if I cook in this Teflon pan, is anything going to happen to your dick? <laughs> uh, I mean... Maybe Jerry was just very turned on by Teflon pans, and he didn't know how else to say it. And, you know, they just, they, they did it for him. I don't know. That's even weirder <laughs> than having a problem with, like, the chemical compound that makes up Teflon. I think um, this is, I was listening to another podcast recently about, I think I talked to you about this, about DuPont, the chemical company. 
Yes, I think so. When they were making Teflon, they accidentally like poisoned a bunch of cows and all their like their chins all fell off and their bones rotted. So maybe maybe that's what Jerry's talking about. Maybe there's something really fucking wrong with Teflon and we need to watch out. But Hey guys, Orianne here. Really quick, if you're interested in listening to the podcast where all the cows' faces melted off because of the DuPont like crazy polluting, that podcast is called Dark History, starring Bailey Sarian. You can find it on all major podcast platforms. Okay, back to the show. Uh, watch out for Jerry. Maybe Jerry was like experimented on as a child. And... <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many weird fucking dudes in Nashville. It was like a really beautiful time. Uh, it was kind of like the beginning of internet dating being the way people met each other. So like if you internet dated, not all your friends did it yet. And you were kind of like, it was like I a brave that. new world, but it was gaining popularity. Um, and guys definitely. I remember just being like. 24 and being like why are my friends all dating online we're young and hot still like what are you doing you're not old and divorced <laughs> right 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 like it used to be something that your divorced parents did like I know that I like I know that I made my dad my stepdad a profile when him and my mom broke up uh and that's how he met his wife and that made sense right and I remember him telling me when I was like I'm not gonna internet date exactly I'm young and hot and he's like you would kill it on internet dating you would crush it like you do so good well there's there's still really only two avenues for internet dating. It's either like long-term commitment or like down to fuck. Right. There's okay. not a whole lot of in-between. I don't know. I think there is. I, I've done a whole lot of in-between. You have more experience than I do, 100%. But I also don't do it anymore. So like uh-huh. I'm, I'm an old goat now. I don't even know. I don't even do it. <laughs> I, I'm so burned out on men, I can't even internet date. It's like human Pokemon. Oh, you haven't heart. heard of the app that's just called fuck? No. <laughs> it's a, That's not real. No, it's not real. Oh. Well, I mean, it should be. Um, so I wanted to ask you if, you if you've had any bad date stories, or if you have any bad date stories, uh, specifically rebound stories, so like after a breakup. I have one. I've actually told it on this podcast before. So if you don't have any off the top of your head, I'll tell that one. I mean, this wouldn't be really counted as a first date but I did have an odd kind of thing happen right after I broke up with someone um so this was probably like mid-20s I was dating someone like three or four years younger than me so he was only like 22 he's a fucking idiot cheated on me obviously he's an idiot um and like three weeks later I was working for this like big box company at the time um, and I had to do wine tastings at our store like for customers once a week managing their alcohol department and this dude <laughs> he like came over to like have some wine and like by the end of our he's he kind of cute and by the end of our conversation he had just offered to help me move and that was weird and I assume just like I don't know just like a fucking line you know what I mean like oh I'll totally help you move yeah and like didn't exchange numbers I was just like okay sure you can help me move it's this date and like two weeks later he showed back up at my work and was like so we're moving this weekend right and I was like oh you were you were serious about this you you want to help me move then he helped me move it was, was he very hot? weird he was he was cute he was in a band he was, we stayed in the dating for like three months 
That's um, cute. Yeah, but it was weird, and he was weird. Um, yeah, but but that was still, really moving weird. help. I mean, I mean, what kind of crazy person offers a stranger to help them move? It's just no weird. one. He's kind of like an angel. Yeah, an angel who is still in love with his ex-girlfriend, but, you know. Yes, he's a messy angel. Whenever, uh, well, not whenever, I don't do this anymore, but when I moved out of Chicago, it was kind of an emergency situation. Like, there was no, like, real emergency, like, no real present danger, but I knew I had to get out of Chicago. I, like, snapped and was like, I got to get out of this fucking city. So, uh, so I called the Jehovah's Witnesses that have been leaving little calling cards on my door for years, you know, they're Jehovah's Witnesses, and told them that I was ready to talk about becoming a Jehovah's Witness if they would just send somebody <laughs> over. Because they always send, like, teenagers, teenage yeah. boys. So they sent two yeah. strapping young men. And you're like, well, we do this. Let's, let's. That's exactly what I said. I said, listen, <laughs> I want to talk about this. Like, my soul needs to be saved, but these boxes aren't going to get on that U-Haul by themselves. Right. And the guys were like, you're right, we'll help you. And I was like, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise Jehovah. That's funny. Yeah, no, Tyler, he had a truck. He helped me move. Um, we, like, went out to lunch with my family. It's still, like, to this day, one of the only guys my family's ever met that I dated. <laughs> um, and then last, uh, the night, didn't, I hadn't heard from him in, like, years, and I saw him at a Trader Joe's. Um, looking pretty rough last time I was in California. You told me about that. I did, yeah. Was he working there? He was working there. He was working there. He was, like, a stock boy. Oh, that sucks for Tyler. And he was probably, like, 38 and a stock boy at Trader Joe's. And, like, no shade at all. Like, Trader Joe's is a good company to work for. Um, he looked pretty rough. Like. Oh, he's, like, a hard Someone had been doing some heroin for a while. Um, his face looked real bad. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it was sad. Maybe but... he's really tired from, like, helping everybody move all the time. <laughs> Just constantly. constantly. Like, his way of picking up women. He's like, it's going to work at some point. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I hope Tyler gets better. I, um... <laughs> That's sad for Tyler. Yeah. Oh, oh. I had heard he got kicked out of the bad band for drugs, and when I saw saw his skin, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty, sounds pretty confirmed there. Well, people yeah, can get great. better from that. So let's hope they absolutely get... can. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a that's a kickable habit sometimes. Um, I didn't have. I had a couple of inappropriate rebounds, but I didn't realize they were inappropriate at the time because I was re- well. This whole book, honestly, are inappropriate rebounds. Um, but you remember Sheldon? Yes. I didn't know Sheldon was twenty three. Like when somebody uh. Allison's friend, our mutual friend, Leslie Ann, we were all at the Pike, a bar next to my house, and uh, we were on the patio drinking, and Sheldon was kind of shy, and so Leslie Ann was trying to get him to come out of his shell, Oh, <laughs> um, and Sheldon. <laughs> I overheard her say, Sheldon, how old are you? And he said, 23, and I almost spit my drink across the table, like, what have I done? What like, am I doing? I am a rapist. <laughs> like, what am I doing with this child, this baby child? And now I look at Sheldon and I see in his face that he's very young. But then all I saw was hotness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sheldon was hot. So. And I was like making, I was kind of teasing you and Allison about how you guys always get with these young guys. And then I was like, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. 
I mean, my current crush is 27-ish to my to my 34. It's not that bad. He's over 25. I mean. No, I think 27 to 34 is fine. I think within I think that's fine. <laughs> 10 years up or down, you're okay. But Sheldon, that's more than 10 years. Because I'm 38 yes. now. I remember when I was hanging out with Greg, I remember thinking, like, I I couldn't tell how old he was, and then I ended up seeing his uh, driver's license, and I was like, you're 40? Damn! Oh, yeah, because he was hot. He was so hot. I mean, you could not tell. Like, he could have been 20, I was 27 at the time, he could have yeah. been 27, and yeah. Well, guys, check IDs, just do it, because it's embarrassing when, and I'm not embarrassed, because I, I like Sheldon, I think Sheldon's a good guy, I don't think he likes me, um, because I'm pretty sure he, like, blocked me on the internet, I don't know why, feelings a little hurt, maybe, (laughs) I guess so, he went through something different than what I went through in that, quote, relationship, I, if you're out there, I hope you're doing okay, He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good person. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, I yeah. remember that about Sheldon. He's just had so kind of quiet. A... Like, he just didn't talk much when he would be around all of us. But, I mean, me and Allison, it's kind of a... Hard to... Yeah, we're intimidating women, for sure. And a also... to be around. Yeah, and I think it's also his nature. He's kind of shy. And then also, you kind of add in how young he is. And then the PTSD thing. Like, he was really struggling with that. Uh, so, anyway, he's a good guy. If he doesn't like me, that's okay. I'm not... I'm not mad about it. I'm just like, well, I'm sorry. Sorry. We try, I tried to end things on, like, a nice note, and, like, I think he was pretty drunk one night, and he sent me a text, like, you're fucking horrible, and then, like, the next day was totally nice to me, and then it was just like, I don't know what I did, and I'm sorry, whatever it was. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, to be 23. Right, and, like, and why are you even fucking with this bitch? Like, she's so old, bro. Like, why do you even want anything to do with me? I was like, and also I'm not like during the pandemic, I was not particularly like maternal. I was like, everybody get away. Like I wasn't even somebody good to turn to in a time of need. So yeah, he can do better for sure. He's hot and yeah, he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, oh, I have some notes here. Oh, the Tinder guy. So this story has been told on this podcast before, but like it bears repeating. Uh, when Bobby and I broke up, Bobby and I, Bobby was my kind of serious boyfriend when I moved to California. Uh, when we broke up, I didn't rebound right away. Although Shauna and I have this friend, Allison, she's been on the podcast as well. Uh, she kept urging me, get on Tinder, get on Tinder, get on Tinder and just fuck somebody. And I'm like, fine. So like it had been like a month and a half and I was like, fine, I'll just do it. And I saw this guy, he was tall. He had like auburn hair. He was pretty nondescript but he went to Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore so I grew up in Baltimore so I was like well he's tall I'm we'll have something to talk about so this is like this is doable and it's just a rebound right like I'm just and if I don't like him I just won't ever I'll just leave it's tinder so I made a date with him we were gonna go see and I think no you're in this story because you were you were the bartender that night I believe (gasps) yeah you were you were so at ADV Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so was we, like when we first met too, right? Yeah. Because you and Bobby broke up not that long after you got to California. Not not very long. Yeah. I do remember this like vaguely. I don't remember him at all, if I'm being honest, but No, you won't remember him because he doesn't come. So so oh, now I remember it. <laughs> so I I texted him, I got off work a little early and it was like a Sunday night, so I was still bartending on Sundays. And I like spruced myself up in the bathroom at work. And was kind of excited. I hadn't been on a first date in a long time. 
and we were gonna go get some wine at Art Duvin, which is right next to the art theater, and then we were gonna go see The Lobster, that movie with Colin Farrell, who I think is so oh, that's cute. That's a good movie. Yeah. I think you and I ended up seeing The Lobster too. Yeah, I think so, like two days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I walk into the wine bar. I'm a little bit early. Shauna's bartending. I say hi to her, and I text the guy. I'm like, hey, I'm a little bit early. I'm gonna grab a glass of wine at Art Duvin. Meet me here, and we'll go to the movie together. He texts me, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make it. And I'm like, and Shauna's, like, looking at my face, and I, like, look up, and I'm like, oh. And I, I see Shauna kind of registering what's going on with my face. My face is pretty normal. Like, it's okay to say I'm not going to make it. Like, that's not going to ruin my night. Like, I'll have wine and go home. I worked all day. I'm fine. But then my face, like, really screws up because I get a second text. I'm sorry. I'm too tired. I've been fucking all day. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. and Shauna's like, what's going on over there on your phone? Your face is like, you just like turn into like a, like fembot, like, that's like glitching. And, uh, and I read the text to Shauna and I'm like, like, it has to be a typo, right? Like, I've been, like Shauna's like, yeah, like I've been fucking killing it all day or I've been fucking working all day. And I'm like, you mean fucking killing it all day? I text him or fucking working all day. And he texts back. Oh no. I've been fucking all day. I'm a very sexual person. What? What a weirdo. That's just such a weird it, thing to it's say. It's so weird. And I, I just texted him back. I was like, okay, you've made me extremely uncomfortable. Please never contact me again. And he said, don't be upset. And I said, I'm not upset. <laughs> I'm just significantly weirded out. Please yeah. never contact me again. Right. Right. But in, in all honesty... I should know better than to go on Tinder. I'm banned from Tinder now anyway. I can't get on. I I think what we decided was that he was probably like being like he was probably just fucking around, right? Like some like troll. He's like who, a catfish, I think. Yeah. Who like entices pretty girls to go on dates with him and has been like, oh, I've been fucking all day, I'm so tired. He's like, like jerking off to it probably. It's right, probably exactly. darker than we're thinking. But like <laughs> Well, and here's here's what what I here's where I really made a mistake. The first message I sent him said, "Oh, you went to school in Baltimore. I grew up there." And he said, "Yes, Baltimore. Beautiful city." <laughs> okay, I should have known right then. Right then, this fucking guy is bullshit. But I was blind because I had just gone through a breakup and I was like stupid enough and blind enough to be like, "I'll go on Tinder and fuck a stranger." Like that's the problem with rebounds. I, you just I, I remember giving you very different advice than Allison, but we don't have to. <laughs> no, we can no, I know, I know. <laughs> but what I did, everybody, is I waited until I met Sheldon. And I actually waited a long time with Sheldon because that's my game. It, it doesn't I don't mean for it to be my game, but you know do you know about my cuddle boys? Your cuddle boys? <laughs> that's what I call them. So other people have like fuck boys, but I have cuddle boys. So the heater in my house is like all the way in the front of my house. There's no heater in the bedroom and I get cold in the winter. It's not always Even in California winter. <laughs> the, the California winter is cold at night. You guys, it gets to like 50 degrees. It's freezing. freezing. 
But, like, we don't have... People don't understand this about California. It's so temperate here that we don't really have temperature control inside the buildings that we Not live all. in. For the most and part. most of the time, like, old buildings, and yours is an old building, aren't even insulated. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. So it's just like a draft box in my room in the winter. So I would meet these guys who most of them are, I'm like... Phew. Not, I'm never going to sleep with you, but I was cold and I was drunk. So I would let them sleep over and like hold me. Um, and that yeah, happened, buddy, buddy, that Sheldon. happened with Sheldon, but it was, but Sheldon, I liked, uh, <laughs> I don't think I really have other than the stories in the book. So Jerry with his dick drip and there's a few others. Oh, I know. Go ahead. You have, you okay, I do have another, I do have another one. Yes, I do. Um, so the first time I ever ventured, this isn't after a breakup. That's okay. Um, I'll take any dating story I can get. The first time I ventured back into, like, not back into, into online dating at all. Um, I haven't done it a lot. I tend to, like, go on the apps for, like, an hour and, like, message people. And then I forget about it. Like, two weeks later, I go back on. I'm not good at it. I don't like doing it. Whatever. I don't remember what, I think this was like OkCupid or something. And let's call him Jeff, because I don't yeah. know. I feel I feel bad using the real Protect name. the innocent, or not innocent. Right. I agree. Although, and also, yeah. Sorry, Tyler, I did say your real name. But, but you offered to help me move. That's a nice thing. It was we weird. We didn't say anything bad about Tyler, except that he's no. got a heroin problem. <laughs> I mean. And where he works. <laughs> Shit, sorry about that. I didn't Whatever, say Tyler. Get your shit together. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, also, Tyler was kind of a douche, so I don't, I don't, I don't care, actually. There's plenty of um, Tylers. It could be anyone. But but Jeff was very nice. He was a very nice boy, and we talked, like, you know, for probably a couple weeks, um, had really great conversations. He was super into music and um, liked, like, bluegrass music, and not as many people, I feel like, in, you know, Southern California love bluegrass, whatever. Um, he took me on some excellent dates. Um, the, the first one though, he, it was like, I don't know, 45 minutes late, probably I'm sitting there fucking stewing for like 45 minutes. Just being like, when's this bitch going to pick me up? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> this bitch. Fuck. Like it's going, I mean, seriously, no text, no nothing. And so that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, no, that's not true. Yes, there was, there was, it took like 20 minutes before I texted him and was like, what's up? Yeah. Is there traffic? Like, hi. Um, turns out he 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 didn't really give me a reason over a text because he wanted to surprise me with flowers. And I was like, oh. you don't you don't make yourself 45 minutes late somewhere because you wanted to get flowers. I'm like factor that time in beforehand. Don't make me wait for 45 minutes because you got me flowers. Like these are flowers now that are tinged with, you know. Now yeah, annoying. I hate these flowers. <laughs> Take this, this bouquet and smash it over your head, you late punk. <laughs> You're fucking waiting for 45 minutes. Well, you don't have to text me like, I'm surprising you with flowers. You could be like, traffic is crazy. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be almost an hour late. Like, <laughs> Or get the flowers I don't know. earlier. It was just the reasoning, like, he was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Traffic's bad. I'll be there soon. And he's like, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you a text because I want to surprise you because they're flowers. And I was just like. Okay. Okay, well, that's not that bad, though. Not that bad. No, it's not that bad. So I'm kind of, like, wondering if I should talk about this on such a public forum. But 
He won't care. Uh, so you know about blind guy? Yeah. So I was like, I think he's over me because he didn't get me anything for my birthday. Mm. Like I got home. There was like nothing on my doorstep. Actually, there was something on my doorstep. It was a bag of dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I like got home and I saw something on my doorstep. Yeah, I got home on my birthday. Shauna and I just went to Costa Rica and we went for my birthday and we both flew back home on my actual birthday. And so when I came home from the airport, my friend dropped me off. She got me something. She got me flowers. She was really sweet. And Shauna got me an entire sommelier selection of wine for my birthday that she brought with us on vacation. It was a very thoughtful, very fancy gift. And she sent me home with a split of champagne to drink when I got home, which was perfect because I was so tired. It is so glad. It was so. I ordered pizza, girl, and had champagne on my of birthday. Of course you did. I love that. Of course, it's. Oh, I had no food in the house. Like, what are you gonna do? I, it's like, yeah. girl, it's Domino's o'clock. Like, what are you gonna you. do? But there was. Um, I saw a bag on my porch, and I was like, oh, it's a gift. It's a birthday gift. And then I looked a little closer, and it was actually a bag of mulch I used for potting plants that had been like kicked in front of my door instead of under the table next to the door and I was like oh no that's actually just a bag of dirt never mind it's like, actually dirt. happy birthday you old bitch <laughs> go order your pizza but uh but so I thought he was over me I was like okay well he had mentioned like prior to my birthday I know you're gonna be on vacation what do you want for your birthday I said nothing don't worry don't sweat it he's like oh no he's like a big gift person so he's like no no there will be a gift girl do you know what he sent me today what today I got it today. Ten days later? Well, I mean, he knows when my birthday is. And I don't know how because I don't think he has social media. So he must have just clocked it and, like, remembered it. Like, he says he's in love with me. Like, maybe he actually, like... Like, I mean, like a stalker would. Yeah, that makes sense. He's not a stalker. Because he leaves me alone. He leaves me alone. He doesn't, like, come over unless I'm, like, 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 no, he leaves me alone. Like, we're friends. Like, unless I want to hang out, we don't hang out. But, um... But... He got me a like must, like a gift certificate to spa. It's like a spa finder thing. So I guess it's like you can like use whatever spa that like they have a deal with. Girl, it's a five hundred dollar gift certificate. Oh my god! Right, that's like, and I feel like he doesn't know how much like stuff costs at the spa, which it is expensive to go to the spa. So like I I guess I'm just gonna, like head to toe. I'm gonna get like you're just gonna get the whole fucking my whole thing body covered. just shaved yeah. and waxed. And dipped in gold. Yeah. Abs- all your pores opened up. Every every single... In between your toes, I mean. <laughs> Open the pores between my toes. <laughs> Let's talk about Costa Rica. Oh my goodness. Costa Rica. Um, it's only been a week since I've been back. And sunk right back into real life. Did you feel... And... I was exhausted. I, I was back. exhausted from being in Costa Rica. Dude, Costa Rica is not a place for the weak. Like, if you are fat, if you are weak, if you are lazy, if you are tired, do not go to Costa Rica. You're gonna die. Like, yeah. I I told everyone, I was like, they asked, like, what about Costa Rica? You know, like, asked me about Costa Rica. And I'm like, we just, like, hiked and ate. The whole time. And then, like, went out on some paddle boards. And then, yeah. Like, it was literally the most physical experience, probably, of my life, other than, like... like more than, like, backpacking. Like, more than, like, exploring a city, because that's at least, like, flat. Like, this was, like, we were scaling hey, fucking mountains Yeah, for humans. Day. For humans. Yes. This was, like... <laughs> this, was, this was for monkeys and 
jaguars and lizards and spiders <laughs> and mosquitoes. And crabs. And crabs. And crabs. Yeah, Diego, the nature guide, I think he told us Halloween crabs, that's what they're called, the little orange ones? Yes. Yes. How cute. We love the Halloween crabs. So, so cute. We thought so we saw a lemur, but spoiler, it was a raccoon. Lame. I thought yeah. I saw a monkey. Spoiler, it was a squirrel. Lame. We did see some monkeys. We did see some toucans. Yes, we saw a family of monkeys. We saw a lot of toucans. We saw sloth. That was pretty cool. The sloth was pretty cool. The, the sloth was pretty awesome. They're so gross, It was gross, just, like, though. showing off for us. It yeah, was just, like, sloth, oh. yeah. Yeah. Hi. Mm, hello. Pose. Hello. Pose. Moth. Giving me model. Kate Moss. As in like moss hair. Sloths are disgusting. They have literal grass that grows on their head because they're so gross. And then they have bugs that crawl all over that and eat the grass. So like if you ever see a sloth and you're like, I want to touch it, you don't. Uh, we got video. Our nature guy, Diego, took video of the sloth. We weren't that close to the sloth, but he had like um a viewfinder thing, like, I don't know what to call it, a viewfinder thing, whatever, a looky-loo, and he put the camera up to that and got video of the sloth, and you'll see the sloth, like, slowly turning its mossy head, and a bug scuttles across its face, and it's like, uh-huh. are you cute, though? Like, you nasty, <laughs> nasty sloth? Um, yeah, they're pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was the heat, the humidity. I'm cool with heat and humidity. Shauna doesn't like it. It's still... It's for me. Well, and I, you know, I also was violently mauled by mosquitoes, um, and, uh... They're still healing, honestly. Me too, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm they're looking still better. healing. Well, you know, what really upset me is that they got my feet the worst, and, you know, I don't use my feet as my moneymakers anymore, but if I did, I would be out of business, honey. You can't be putting some mosquito-bitten, nasty-ass feet on Oh, girl, you think I didn't do that this weekend? What those went shoes? I said I was on my feet all weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh no, I just meant foot porn. Oh, <laughs> I was yes, like, Shana, right. you did foot porn this weekend. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like shook. I was like, we well, gotta talk. <laughs> I'm so tired from all the from all the foot porn. No. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, that, that, that would not have been. I'm enough. so tired from all of this. I'm so court. tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. God, I'm exhausted. I've been doing footboard all weekend. <laughs> but I have to wiggle these toes for one more douchebag. I'm going to collapse right here on the spot. <laughs> um, I also suffered some other kind of unique injuries because of my lack of grace and balance. Um, we did stand-up paddleboarding, which I couldn't really stand up, and so I skinned both my knees. They're still pretty bad. Um, they're getting better, though. They're all, You can't really see. You can't see. Yeah. I'm like, well, you could see if I keep going, you're going to see my you-know-what. But, uh, but, yeah, we had this, this, like, nature. We had a nature guy, Diego, and then there was Mike. <laughs> Oh, Mike. Shauna, do you want to, <laughs> do you want to do a Mike impersonation? I don't know. I feel bad doing it on like a public thing He's like not this. listening, girl. I know, but what if, I don't okay. know if he liked you. What if he finds it? Okay, first of all, they liked us. Everybody liked us. We're nice. We're likable. Uh, second of all, I don't think that like, I think he like liked me as like someone to talk to. I don't think he liked me like romantically. Um, 
I think he was just like, oh, cool. This isn't like the usual customer that comes to this resort. Because it was a very like she-she resort uh, that we were staying at. It was like, we did something more luxury we just, than we I went on, We went on our honeymoon as well. We went on our honeymoon, basically. <laughs> yeah, but we weren't like a rich honeymooning couple. And like the other guests there, there was like um, a hot chick with like an old gross man wearing like affliction yeah. shirts. Like with it rhinestones. Was, it was rough. Yeah, it was yeah, rough. like sugar baby stuff, and then there was like yeah. the like educated, but kind of like so white they look inbred couple. Um, Absolutely, like, just That's like, a good way like, to describe them. like Benjamin Franklin's like direct descendants, but like not through the slaves he was raping. Like just like white people, um, they were nice, but they were like translucently, yeah, white people, yeah, yeah. 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 And then like, withering, withering away white people. <laughs> yeah. And then there were power lesbians. The power lesbians were cool. They were great. Loved them. Yeah. Well, when a lesbian couple has money like that and takes a trip like that, it's because they have dual income and no children for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like a gay couple. So it doesn't, it's less, it, the other couple felt like weird family money. And then the sugar baby Agreed. thing felt gross. But, yeah, so I, I don't think that he was, like, romantic. Oh, and then the uh, the dude who, like, our very first dinner night there, you overheard him being, like, um, glad yes. that he brought that chick. What did he say? Oh, I don't that remember, but it was, like, I'm glad I brought you and not one of the other girls because you seem to understand. Like, it was, like, it was just something <laughs> you wouldn't say to someone that you cared anything about. Like, you would never. No. Can you imagine Shauna saying to somebody, I'm glad I brought you and not one of my other friends. Right. <laughs> what the kind of a transactional conversation is that? You well, sociopath. that's exactly what in my head I was like, this must be very transactional. Yeah. And she was like, uh-huh, me too, hon. Like, but that's okay. I mean, good for her. She got a good trip. That place was nice. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if she hiked and, like, had to ask for, like, mas pan the whole time and, like, <laughs> beg for bread and, like, try More to, like. Bread, please. Um, I still have scabby knees. So, yeah. The heat, the humidity, the bugs. Oh, this was another thing. This was another thing. Um, we decided to go snorkeling. This is ridiculous. We decided to go snorkeling, and as we're swimming, and I, like, try to ignore it, but Shauna rightfully so was like, we got to turn around. This is not okay. We swam through a school of, like, tiny, tiny, like, infinitesimal, like, jellyfish. Like, you couldn't see them, but they were absolutely stinging us all over our bodies. And we're, it was really ah, uncomfortable. Ah, it felt like, yeah, it felt like jellyfish stings all over well, my body. First, I, I thought it was in my mind at first, and I was like, what am I <laughs> feeling right now? What's going on? And I think I finally said that I was just like, what's going on? What, why, am I, why am I feeling? What's so happening? <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah, so, so it was just the humidity, the heat. The, we also yeah. stayed in the most remote room on this beautiful stretch of land I mean it was really gorgeous and we had fantastic views and beautiful sunsets it was really cool but it was also like a big ass hike up basically a mountain to get to our room and a hike down to get to breakfast every morning which I mean we did it we just we were like well we're gonna hike it because we're able-bodied but girl I came home feeling beat up from the feet up like sunburn Uh also my the sunburn that I got there, which was just one day, it's like still red. Like That's I have crazy. like it's really weird. It's like I have like two spots, like my butt cheeks, and then like my like little belly roll right above like my pubes is like red. It's like just like it's like tanned 
red. I don't know why. It's like weird. It's really weird. Weird. That that closer to the equator sun got me. Apparently. Uh, trying to think if I have any other bad dating stories. I didn't go on any dates in Costa Rica. I have so many bad dating stories. I mean, it's just like nothing but bad dating stories. Otherwise, I'd probably be married, right? Um, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. You have... So we're doing the Rebound edition of Not Literary, the podcast, which means I'm reading Rebound stories, and there is an encounter with a legitimate micropenis, and you have a micropenis story, your friend's micropenis story. Um, yes, um, my friend's micropenis story. <laughs> I don't think she'll mind, because I'm not going to say her name. No, don't. And um, if you do, I'll bleep it out. And, yeah, I won't say her name. So let's call her, I don't know, Vanessa. So Vanessa, uh, when she was in college, um, she uh, engaged in, I'm not going to say the oldest profession, what's the the world's oldest profession? Because she wasn't a hooker. I was like, she's Um, a whore? (laughs) She wasn't a hooker, but she was a stripper. And um, she made, I mean, probably, I think she would say the best money she's ever made as a stripper, which is you know, a somewhat depressing, but also like, also kind of empowering depending on where your head's at. Um, so she got invited to strip at a, uh, a frat event, not really strip, but more just be like, you know, two girls in bikinis, like fighting around in like whipped cream and shit. Um, and (laughs) you say like not so much strip but two girls in bikinis fighting in whipped cream which is so much more involved than stripping like oh no no it wasn't like so complicated we just had to fight in whipped cream just you know (laughs) roll around a little bit I think if I'm remembering correctly as the night goes on there you know these frat events it's usually full of hazing so at some point uh some of the, the the guys who were rushing the frat um, had to strip down. Uh, so they had to get, like, butt-ass naked at one point. And so, you know, they were a bunch of budges, and they did. And this one kid. Oh, no. Micro-penis. And okay, that wait, got- does anybody not know what a micro-penis is? Because I want to define it for you. It's defined, like, legally. It's a legal definition. A micro penis is less than 1.5 inches long when fully erect. And in most states in America, this is depressing. If you want to talk about depressing shit, in most states in America, your insurance policy will cover a penile enlargement if you technically have a micro penis. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Oh my god, I hate men. That is so <laughs> right? fucking insane. Like can you imagine if, like, I mean, I'm not saying that I would want free breast implants if I had really, really, really super small boobs, but, like, it's insane that the option is there for a man. It's just like how insurance covers fucking, like, hair plugs and shit like that. Well, I would, yeah, I would because... like it if, I would like it if my insurance covered, like, Getting my tubes tied. Oh, Zinga! Yeah, you went there. You went straight for it, girl. Say it. I agree. I mean, are you fucking kidding me, Texas? Yeah. Oh, God. It's so upsetting. It's a a mess, honey. But we're not done. Your friend is wrestling in whipped cream. 
<laughs> and all these dumbass <laughs> frat boys who are pledging are getting rushed. Nobody died tonight. One of them takes off his pants. They all take off their pants. They all take off of their them. pants. Oh, it's so much well, like worse than a them or something. The, the, the pledges. And, um, and one of them has a micro penis, which becomes very obvious to everyone. <laughs> it's very obvious to everyone one. when you have a micro penis, by the way. It's obscene. Like, it's, it's like, it is obscene. It is it's obscene. upsetting. It's upsetting. It's like, oh no. I'm sorry for all you micro penis men. You guys, I'm so sorry. Like, I get it. And you know what? Bless you. Get that you insurance covered. Talk to your insurance <laughs> provider. Um, but, uh, so someone, like, I think someone laughs and then laughter starts to, like, break out. And this kid just starts, like, picks up something and starts whacking, I'll kill you all, I'll kill you all. He probably picked up, like, the biggest, like, baseball bat, like, dick-shaped thing he could find. he could find. It's like, here it is! Oh, my God. And, and then, like, one of the... I'll kill you all. One of the respected elders of this frat shushes everyone and then just starts to chant, we love your micropenis, we love your micropenis, we, and everyone starts chanting with him. And so then there's just a huddle around this kid, we love your micropenis, we love your micropenis. Dude, I bet he became, like, pretty cool in that, I bet he, first of all, I bet he got into that fraternity. Second I bet of all, he did too. I bet they chanted that a lot. And I bet everybody I, I, was like, oh, micro penis Paul. Yeah. Right. Totally. We love right. that guy. And I bet right. like some girls fucked him just to see his micro penis. You know, you got a hump, hump back, honey. Throw some glitter on it. Let's go to the club. I mean, One of my you know, favorite quotes. It's, it, it's, it's, it's better than the alternative, I guess, right? <laughs> just feel like shame on top of shame. His life was like, ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but he killed himself. Well, I'm yeah. just glad he didn't become like you know a, a mass shooter because you know. Oh my god! Right, like guys, you gotta stop with I that. Never micro penises. Like they're just they're so well unhappy with the world. I dated a guy with a micro penis. I was kind of like low key into him. No, I was high key into him. He was funnier than me. Like funnier like and listen listen I'm not like I'm so funny but like very few guys are funny to me objectively you're pretty funny thanks thank you thank you (laughs) um I have a sense of humor for sure and most guys I meet are not funny and it's not that maybe I'm just not meeting the funny ones um or I meet ones that are like they think they're really funny and I'm like ha ha especially it feels like a lot of attractive men aren't very funny well I date a lot of ugly guys so they should be funnier (laughs) Honestly. But I mean, like, guys make me laugh, but they're not, like, funny. They're not, like, objectively funny. They, they like, say things that are funny, or they say that Most of the time I date guys that say things that are so weird it makes me laugh. So not, again, not I'm funny. I'm going to go a whole different way with this. This guy was charming, handsome, successful, owned fabulous real estate, had a pretty amazing art collection for a straight guy. And, of course, was the proud owner of a baby dick, a micropenis, a legit less than 1.5 inch when fully erect micro penis. Uh, and, like, he kind of fucked me over. And, I mean, he fucked me over when I was, like, going through a real spiral and I was crazy. And, like, 
we'll get to that story. Um, his name is Paul in the book, and like, yeah, I punch him in the face. Hey, it's Oriane again. Just really quick, there is a story in the book Rebound called Snowball Paul. That's who we're talking about right now. So I'm kind of trying to tell this story without spoiling this story, but there are a lot of spoilers. Whatever. Back to the show. Whatever. But uh, I have a painting in my house, a, a painting. It's like, um, I wanted to make like a kitchen sign. You know, they have those signs that say like, eat, pray, love, dance like no one's watching. And I didn't, I had this sign that I wanted to create. And I was one night at, uh, I was doing a painting event for the Nashville Symphony. And I was live painting and having members of the Nashville Symphony um, fundraising, whatever, whatever, I don't know, some nonprofit, I was drinking wine, uh, come and help me paint this giant interactive kind of thing for the Nashville Symphony, a charity event. And he was there with his new girlfriend. And uh, I was in line to get another drink, like you do. And I was in this adorable dress with these impossibly high heels. And like, you know, live painting is like, it's physical. So I'm standing up the whole time and these heels were gorgeous, but they were like, hell, they were like five inch heels. I mean, it was stupid. It was a stupid pair of shoes to wear. And he's there and I'm kind of like instantly like kind of like a shrinking violet, like, oh God, he's here and his new girlfriend's here. And I'm ordering a vodka soda in line. And she, this bitch says to me, uh, what did you order? Like, hasn't said hello to me. I, I said hello to him. We talked very briefly. I told him I'm moving to California, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she says to me, I said, may I please have a vodka soda in the line? And she goes, what did you just order? And I was like, oh, a vodka soda. And she's like, ew. She said, ew? She said, ew? And I was like, uh, excuse me? And she's like, I drink scotch. And I was like, ew. <laughs> right? And I was like, ew. And I was, and I was like, well, your boyfriend has a fucking micro penis. And like, <laughs> turn around and walk back. I just, like, I didn't have anything micro else. Micro penis. I was like, I, I mean, like, why did you say ew to me? Like, wh bitch, who are you? Who just, like, mind your business? Like, ew. What, what does this have to do with you at all? Yeah. I Clearly, you're unsatisfied with something in your life. If you're reaching out to me, like, do you want me to fuck you? Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was awkward. And then I went home that night, and I was so pissed off. I was so mad. He was... They were the two people in the entire audience of, like, I think it was, like, about 150 people um, who did not contribute to the live painting. Because that's kind of, like, what I do when I do a live painting in, like, a charity event. I have everybody come up and, like, at least put a brush stroke, something on there to contribute. So everybody feels like they made this painting together. And they both, neither of them came up. They were the only two people out of everybody in the room who didn't come up. Which is just so dumb Same. <laughs> ew <laughs> yeah yeah i drink scotch ew. ew who drinks scotch like my then, grandpa like, exactly ew. like a sailor <laughs> like a, a wino somebody that lives in an alley like okay whatever um sorry if you're a scotch drinker and i just called you a homeless grandpa but um, i mean there's really good scotch but shitty scotch is bad well and like i I don't, I, I don't even know. I, if Girl, don't ever give me scotch. My eyes would just, like, cross. I would no, be like, <laughs> Satan. Uh, 
But anyways, I went home that night. Well, first I went to a bar across the street and I was pissed. And I was like, I need two bar stools. And I like put my feet up and I was like, my dogs are barking. <laughs> and I got a couple of drinks in me and I was like, I'm going home. I'm pissed off. I think I, I think I went home barefoot. Like I like walked the streets of Nashville barefoot, which is gross because it's just like puke and pee. You know, it's just like a drink in town. And I got home and I knew what I wanted that kitchen sign to say. And now it says, yo dick, be so tiny though. Like, how, how are you ever going to even talk to me, come at me, be rude to me in any facet when you have a goddamn micro penis? Check so tiny yourself. Yeah. yeah. Check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself, tiny dick. Fuck you. Fuck you. And that's why I punched him before, because I was mad at him for being, like, too cool for a micro dick. And I'm like, but this time I didn't punch him. Because I was oh, so so when you saw him this, this time, you had already punched him. Oh yeah, that's why we like oh, yeah. broke up because gotcha. I was so crazy that I punched him. But he deserved it. He has a tiny dick. <laughs> no, that's not why I punched him. I punched him because I was drunk, very drunk, and he thought it would be funny to throw a snowball at me. Oh yes, now I remember. You remember the story, yeah. Yes, we'll get to absolutely. it. We'll get to it. But he thought it would be funny. I was, I had been day drinking all day. I was out of control. He picked me up. He tried to take me sledding, and he wanted me to sled down a very. And listen, I may be drunk, but I'm not crazy. It was, girl. It was a steep ass hill. Icy as fuck. It does not snow. It ices in Tennessee. Okay, it might snow a little bit, but it's ice. It was an icy ass hill. <laughs> And at the bottom of this hill was a cement wall. Like, oh, no. Like, I am drunk. Okay, I already know myself. I have already, like, almost died. I'm like a cat, you know, and I'm on, like, my eighth life now. So, uh, no. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to slid down into that cement ass wall, drunk as fuck. And I was like, just not going to. So I, like, sat down. And I was like, I found, like, beer in the snow. I was like, drinking beer <laughs> was like just like an ape you know just like a real neanderthal yeah <laughs> like chugging beers and he is like hey oriana right 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 correct oriana <gasps> and like i turn around girl i like it was like slow motion i'm like and right in the fucking face right in the face a packed ass ice, because it's not snow, it's ice, an yeah. ice ball. And I was like, and like, <laughs> I, I, it stung so bad, I was so pissed off. And I was drunk, and I was like wearing so many layers of clothing, because it's cold. So I was like, <gasps> I looked like a sumo wrestler, I was like, <gasps> and he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I don't say a word, I'm just like, with like, like just globs of makeup, like running down my face, just like pissed. Kind of crying, just like, and also like kind of crying because of the micro penis. Because I thought I like loved this guy. I was like, maybe I'll have a baby with him. He's so funny. He's so charming. Wow. Yeah, I was like into him. Right? It was like, I was like digmatized before I ever got the dick. Right? Because like the first time we hung out, he just went down on me. Because he knew. He had he knew. a plan. He wanted to be. He knew. He had to put in the work first. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I just, I just stomped up to him and silently, it was just like, I don't think I was silent, I think it was like, 
<laughs> and then he said, I think he said something like, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, and punched Boom. him in the face. I actually don't remember that. Um, and then like, you know, I didn't hear from him for a while. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. And then like a few weeks later, he like hit me up and was like, hey, what are you doing? And I emailed him. I was like, oh, I was so angry. I was so angry. So I couldn't respond via text. I was like, no, I'm going to email him. I'm going to so think this out. Yeah, I got on my computer and I was like, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I think about you. Here is the problem with you. Da, 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 da. I was so pissed off. And I sent the email and it was like, let me tell you what's wrong with you. You're da, 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 da. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And I realized after I sent the email, the first your I used was Y-O-U-R and not Y-O-U-R-E. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to fucking kill myself. I was like, How? it was like the first word. It was like, you're an asshole. And it was like, wrong. Just wrong. Y-O-U-R, an asshole. And I'm like, you said your asshole. <laughs> yeah. Blow my brains out. So yeah, um, he responded to that email and was like, you're right. I'm really sorry. I shouldn't be like this. And then he came over. And we sat on my porch, and that's when he told me the whole story about how I punched him in the face. Did you remember the snowball happening? Yeah. And not the punch? I blacked out. I blacked out when the snowball happened. Gotcha. I was in a... So I was you in did remember I, the snowball. Yeah, I do. I, I remember that very clearly. And I remember being furious. And then everything yes. was blank. And gotcha. then I remember waking up the next day and not hearing from him. And I was like, I wonder what happened. <laughs> <laughs> He just threw a fucking snowball at me and then just said nothing. <laughs> I was over it and I went home. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I got home that night. I don't know. I mean, I know I got home. I know I woke up and I was like still in like my 20 layers, just sweating bullets in my house. Like, what happened to me? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was, that was just, that was that year for me. I had a broken heart. I was crazy as hell. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, Shauna... <laughs> that's cute I think we're good I think we I think we did it do you have any more um micro penises or bad dating stories that you would like to contribute I don't think so all right well I hope that you never have any more I agree I think I've lost my virginity to a micro penis I don't I, I don't remember really I remember not feeling really anything it happened so quickly and so I was just like, what? Is this what people have been talking about? Wait a minute. Really? What? Okay, no. You definitely did because, like, ladies. I didn't feel anything the next day either. I was very drunk when this happened, but I did not feel anything the next day either. And I was like, I'm supposed to feel something. <laughs> no, because something. everybody I know, except for you now, who's lost our virginity, was like, the guy I lost my virginity to had the biggest dick. And my theory no. is that we all think he had the biggest dick because we've never had sex before, so it hurt. Did not hurt at all. Like, I did not, I think he must have had it. And actually, now that I think about it, he did do certain moves to, like, guide me away from, like, really getting in there, so. Oh, okay, so, like, like to keep you from, like, grabbing it and realizing that it's non-existent. Right, exactly. Yeah, this guy, um, his name is Paul in the book, but his real name in real life is Neil. <laughs> I don't care, bitch! I don't, I don't care. care. I didn't say your last name, hoes. You can't even 
sue me. Try it. Try it. Try it. I'll be like, uh, everything I just said stands up in a court of law because you do. I'll be like, uh, excuse me. Uh, I'll have the bailiff please remove his pants. <laughs> and then we'll all chant. We'll all chant. We love your baby dick. We love your baby dick. We love your micro penis. We love your micro penis. Yeah. I don't love that. I don't love that hoe. Um, yeah, no. No, uh, I don't. I didn't feel fucking anything. Like, honestly. Um, that's a thing they do, though. They, like, they. <laughs> like, so mean. <mute>. They. <laughs> All the micro peens. No, but, like, guys, when they have a small penis, will, like, they have tricks. And they should. And you know what? There's If you have a small penis, listen, listen, listen. I've dated guys with big penises that have never gotten me off that had the personality of, like, a swamp thing. Like, it's all good. It's all good. You don't have to have a big dick to be a good boyfriend. Agreed. Um, Agreed. There's also a million things you can do. Should we suggest the Savage Love Podcast in this episode? I think we should. Always. Always. The Savage Love Podcast is um, a spin-off of the Savage Love Advice Column, which is a sex advice column run by this guy, Dan Savage. He talks a lot about all kinds of sexual issues, vanilla to like very not vanilla um and a lot of times he talks about guys with smaller penises or women who want or men who want somebody with a bigger penis um there's all kinds of shit you can do there's all kinds of toys and everything else so if you have a micro penis psa don't be discouraged we ain't mad at you but also like don't hide it from us and don't be a fucking dick like to the nth degree to overcompensate for your small penis because that is not attractive and that is rude. And also don't throw an ice ball at a girl's face. Never fucking throw a fucking snowball at a fucking girl unless you're 11 years old, you dumbass. Whether she's drunk or not drunk. Don't throw an ice ball. Do not throw an ice-packed snowball. Just don't throw throw snowballs at girls. You could, like, toss a clump of snow playfully. (laughs) Underhanded. 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 Yeah. Like, toss it up. Like, make it rain. a snowball at someone's face. No. Don't fast pitch a snowball into my drunk face, you micro dick. Like, come on. Correct. That's just, no. That's just bad form. No. All right. Well, micro penises of the world. Bless your hearts. Bless your dicks. Get your shit yeah, together. just learn some other moves. Don't be mad, everyone, because you got a micro dick. Like, that's not anyone else's fault. No, and I'll tell you that Paul, uh, or Neil, <laughs> uh, his, the head was great. Like, I got off, like, the first time, which, you know, like, a, a woman, like, it's hard to get off the first time with any new partner, and that was kind of, like, yes. shocking to me. That's when I was like, maybe I'll have his babies. And then I was like, oh, no, that ice ball to the face really shocked me into reality. Uh, all right, Shauna, thank you for coming on the show. I love you. I miss Thanks, you. Oh, wait, you didn't do an impersonation of Mike yet. Mike, oh. you have to do it. Okay, you guys, okay, okay. Mike was the aquatics uh, guy at Casilla Papagayo, where we went in yeah, Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> and he was very skinny. In his own words, he said, I weigh maybe 55 kilos. Uh, and he had, like, um, a voice that was kind of, like, Minnie Mouse mixed with, like, Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. He was, he had a handsome face. He did. Yeah, he had he a handsome a bad, face. He's not an all bad looking dude. So skinny, but. Very skinny. But, and so he skinny. also, like, and I understand now, as I'm, like, 
still scratching my bug bites. He was constantly covered in like multiple, 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 multiple layers of clothing. That's right. Yeah. And I get it now, but it was also like very funny looking to an outside perspective because he just like, he looked like, uh, Sean is really good at doing his voice. So he would say a few things. Sean, if you would just like tell me good morning from Mike, that'd be great. Okay. Good morning! <laughs> Shauna, I really want a gin and tonic, but they're out of tonic water. Who's going to bring us tonic water? Who's going to bring us tonic water? Oh, did you need some tonic water? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, I'll get it. Hello. <laughs> I have a tonic water. <laughs> I have your tonic water. <laughs> It like it was actually cartoonish. Like I wish I could have recorded it. <laughs> I have to keep doing it so I remember it because it makes me laugh so much. Dude, it's we great. should ask him to start um like cameo, is that what it's called? What's it called where you like go online and the celebrities will be like happy birthday, like from Donald Glover or something. Yeah, I don't know, cameo. <laughs> I said I mean- Donald Glover of all people. <laughs> Love Donald Glover. I'd be happy to be wished happy birthday. Yeah. Well, we need to get Mike to do like a cameo so we can get him to like every year on my birthday be like, good morning. Happy birthday. (laughs) You need tonic water. Uh, Yeah, he was. (laughs) Oh, he was great. (laughs) All right. I love you, baby. I'm going to stop the podcast, but I'm going to stay on the phone with you for a minute. So. Don't hang up yet. Okay. Good night, everybody. Say good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. All right, guys, that was our show for the week. Thank you, Shauna, for coming on. And thank you guys for joining us and listening. If you enjoyed the first story from my book, Rebound, you can get a copy at www.oriamderutter.com. I will put that in the show notes because I know my name is crazy and you probably can't just spell it by sounding it out. So we'll be back next week with another story from Rebound. Can't wait. Bye.